Hello and welcome to the Image Doctors Photography Podcast. I'm Jason O'Dell. I'm Rick Walker. And once again, we are back to talk about cool things in photography, or at least things that are cool to us. <laughs> Maybe not to everybody else, but whatever. It's all good. How are you doing, Rick? I'm doing fine. I think we've got a nice mix of topics today. Yeah, there's been some new new uh, product announcements, and then we're going to talk about some um, stuff as it relates to not just cameras, but also phones, camera phones, um, phone cameras, whatever you want to call them, smartphone cameras. Um, talk about whether or not it's a good time to upgrade your phone or, or not. Um, we'll, we'll get in on that stuff. Um, but the first thing that came out this week was uh, just the other day was uh, a new Nikon mirrorless camera, the ZF, the full frame version of the ZFC, which we both used in the past. Um, why don't you tell us right. a little about what, what this camera offers, Rick? So the timing of it is a little bit weird. We'll talk about that, but it's uh, like you were implying, it's a full frame, um, more or less equivalent to the ZFC. But you can also think of it as kind of like, it appears to be like a Z6 II with improved IBIS and subject recognition mm -hmm. um, autofocus. Um, put into a, a retro body right so the, the you know so the key it's a 24 here, megapixel camera the, yeah so it's a 24 megapixel camera with all the latest and greatest autofocus um, it's not a stacked sensor so you're not going to have that pure electronic um, shooting all the time for high speed stuff because uh, you can run into some rolling shutter problems possibly but um you know, the, the, if you like the retro styling, which some people do, um, there you, you have but, it. But I think let's separate for a discussion styling versus controls. Well, that's true. There's the styling and there's also the actual controls. This one has. I think both. those are two things and, and the appeal can be different. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, we've talked about before I'll, I'll put the good in and as far as the good is that you know it's nice to see and it's important for nikon to start flowing down subject detection uh autofocus uh <laughs> excuse me into their other cameras outside of the z8 and z9 yeah and to, so that's and, a good thing that, and an know. important point is this is a in the u.s a two thousand dollar camera versus more like a four thousand or more mm -hmm dollar camera so that's good um i find it odd that it would be a retro camera that would get those features first yes that that really puzzles the heck out of me i would think they'd be putting out a z63 or a z73 or something Whatever. like that yeah something like yeah that. first but it's good that they're showing up in in um more inexpensive cameras not that two thousand dollars inexpensive it's not it's just more moderate right. and in any new camera that comes out now from any of these companies it better have things like subject detection um you shouldn't have to always buy a flagship you know at some point this needs to flow down and i say this about every manufacturer this is not a, a unique thing to nikon um but other manufacturers have had it flow down doing it yeah, they're doing this, so they need they need to to do this. But if you if you're looking at the ZF 
as somehow a replacement for a Z6 as maybe like a travel camera. Because, you know, 24 megapixel sensor, um, it's very nice. It's going to be good in, in low light. It's going to be good, you know, at higher ISO. There's plenty of resolution for most things. Right. If you have to do extreme cropping, not so great uh, in, in comparison to having a, you know, a 40 or 50 megapixel sensor. Um, but I think the head scratcher is not the retro styling. It's what you point out. It's the control layout. Because I think while some people may like the dials, you know, the old school, you've got a, you know, a, a shutter speed dial um, and maybe an ISO dial, whatever, versus the more modern and sort of traditional Nikon layout since they went to digital, which has been front and rear command dials, you know, those little dials that you change, which many cameras have, you know, it's not a unique thing mm -hmm. to Nikon. Um, it makes the operation and handling quite different. And as I think you would point out, um, they still have a command dial, I believe, for aperture because the lenses don't have aperture rings in the Nikon lineup. Right. And that makes the handling a little bit different. And yeah, for and some people, just to it's be no clear, big deal. It, 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 it's just, just different. Just to be clear, we, we're aware that you can adapt a ring on their Z lenses so it controls the aperture, but it has no click stops. Right, and not all lenses have that ring either. No, so, and and some lenses only have a have single give, ring. Yeah, and sometimes you have to give up focusing, right? Manual focusing to get it. But the fact that it doesn't have click stops means it's extraordinarily easy to change the aperture when you don't want to by accident. That is yeah. true. And, and and if I think back to the way we would shoot with our film Nikon's that we had, mm -hmm. um, it was it which had dials, you know, they had. But you had an aperture ring under your left hand while you're holding the camera. Mm -hmm. And then you had the shutter sp speed dial at the you know top right, more or less. Mm -hmm. And that was an easy way of shooting. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, you have these incremental steps and choices. You know, the shutter speed range is much wider now. Um, and with command dials, you could dial in things like third of a stop shutter speed increments or, or whatever. And it's true that with a command dial for aperture, you can do third of a stop aperture increments. You kind of find those in-betweens on your aperture ring. Mm -hmm. But with but with but without having a lens with an aperture ring, you're going to have to handle this camera a little bit differently. So it, yeah. it, it's going to be fine for casual shooting, for, for a lot of people doing sort of street shooting. It could be fine, I think, for landscape photography, although you might not want 24 megapixels for that. But, you know, you can decide. But it's not going to be great for people who have to do things like sports or action or, or stuff like that, where those shutter speed control is critical. At least in my opinion. Yeah. It won't be as good. I mean, I'm not saying you can't use it. I'm just saying that, that it's just a different, it's just a different control layout. Yeah. And and lacking the grip, you know, the larger grip makes it less suitable for using it with longer lenses. It just, you, you can do it. It's just a, it's not quite as comfortable. Mm -hmm. So it's not an obvious choice. The, the, you know, for me, I, I look at, I like the way it looks. I, I, do I too, like, sure. Absolutely. I like the old Nikons. I still have my old Nikon film cameras, the FM series, FE series, et cetera. And I, and I've, what I'm about to say, I've said before, um, 
the layout that Nikon has gone to on, on their retro cameras strikes me as just a little bit screwed up. And it's screwed up because they didn't put aperture rings on Z lenses. If they had, like you find on Fuji lenses or you know most of the recent Sony lenses, um, it'd be a piece of cake. I, you know, with my Fuji XT5, which has the retro controls, which right. I do like for a lot of mm -hmm. types of photography, not all of it. I don't like it when I'm using doing wildlife or action stuff. I don't like it at all. But for other things, I love it. And I can look down at the top of my camera and I can see what ISO it's set at. I can see the shutter speed that it's set at or that it's on aperture priority or whatever. And I can see exactly what aperture it's set on. Piece of cake. With the ZFC, the problem I had was for one, because of its control lay layout, sometimes it would be set one way and it's not really what it's doing. <laughs> you know, it's doing something different despite the controls looking one way. And I couldn't read the aperture readout in the tiny little window on the top of the camera with my middle-aged eyes. I would have had to put on reading glasses. So, you know, the only way I could check it was back the camera through the viewfinder. It's just not as easy or effortless. And the other thing is, if there's an aperture ring, I can go almost instantly from stop down to wide open. Whereas if it's a front dial, it's click, 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 click. So, and to me, you've just lost one of the benefits of the older control layout when you have to do that, my opinion. So in the end, I did not keep the ZFC, and I know you didn't either. But one of the biggest reasons for me was just that control layout. I thought it was a pretty little camera. It was a nice size, took nice photos. Um but it just felt awkward. So and switching I just, between it and another camera made me really th have to think hard. Right. So I just pulled up a, the Nikon website has a comparison chart between this and the Z6 II. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a couple of things. It's got a better autofocus. It's got 299 AF points. Mm -hmm. It has the 3D tracking, which is very nice. It'll shoot 14 frames per second with a mechanical shutter. Um, it will shoot 30 frames per second with the electronic shutter, but there's going to be some limitations. It does offer that pre-burst, pre-release capture feature, which you wouldn't really need in this camera because, again, it's not targeted. That's the weird thing. Right. It's not. It's a feature that I'm glad, hey, throw it down there, right? Um, the, the VR is theoretically rated to eight stops, which is quite cool if it's yeah. true. That's, That's very great. over compared to five. Yeah. And it has pixel shift shooting so that's interesting because that's something that that we're seeing more is that that's pixel shift meaning it uses the ibis to shift the sensor around and create a higher resolution photograph um which can sometimes be quite nice um in the right environment right but it, it it has its is, limitations too let's not if you're it. outside you're probably not in the right environment for it but um now some of this stuff it has a dedicated switch for black and white photos. Okay. Um, but it has longer video and it has 10-bit internal video recording. So, it, you know, it is an improvement. Um, I, and I guess where we're both at, which, which is all of these features are things that we both like. All of these things flowing down are, are it's just, it's wrapped in a body that to me is a little bit esoteric. 
it's yeah. a little more niche. So if you're if you've got a Z6, maybe not even a Z6 too. Let's say you have a Z6. Would you want to get this? I think you might be disappointed in the handling unless that's really what you want. I would have to think long and hard about buying one of these because even though its internal feature set is quite nice, I would mm-hmm. prefer to see that feature set in, like you said, a Z63 or whatever it might be, um, simply because then you've got the control layouts the way you're used to using them and and not having to fuss with yeah. dials all the time. And I have to believe they will do that. It's like, oh, sure. get, get on with it. Right. And you, it comes in um, one, two, three, four, five, six different colors, though. So, so you can get a blue one, an orange one, an olive one. Or making my one. head hurt. Right. They don't come in Hello Kitty. Um, there's no pink no. one. But uh, no. no, I mean, it, it. if you're into like retro styling and retro controls, it's a thing. But this is almost to me like, I wouldn't buy one of these as my primary camera unless I really like that kind of shooting experience. And for an all-purpose camera, further. I wouldn't go that way. And I'll I'll go a step further. Based on my experience shooting with the ZFC, I would not buy this camera. Okay, because you really didn't like the the layout. I lived nah. with it. It wasn't the worst, but it wasn't the best. Um, yeah, you know, again, this is two thousand dollars that I could put towards a nice lens. That's the way I see it. And it's not necessarily an ideal backup body either. I mean, it could be, but I don't know. Again, we would love to see the Z6 and 7 line get updated with these very features. And it makes absolute sense that that will happen. We're just a little bit surprised that that didn't happen first. Yeah. If I were running into show, which I am not for obvious reasons, but I would just say, let's get the Z6 and 7 threes updated or whatever and then hey that's doing well now we have the luxury of bringing out a little niche retro camera yeah so anyway i don't this is not to try to be negative because a lot of the no. features are actually quite good i i, I just yeah that- the feature set is great and if someone likes that control layout more power to them it, it just it would not be something i would pick despite liking retro controls that's the funny thing right and yeah. if you pair this camera with something like the little primes that they've come out, you know, the 40 F2 or the 28 or 26, it could be a pretty small camera. That, that would be a good combo. You know, that, that because the other, the 1.8 Nikon primes get pretty big pretty fast. Yeah. So anyway, there's some options there. It's, yeah. You know, anyway. Yeah. Enough on that. Um, but one of the things that this Nikon ZF will do, along with the Z8, is capture images in HEIF or HIF format. It's a high efficiency format that is an alternative to traditional JPEG capture. So yeah. we wanted to talk a little bit about this format um, because it's showing up in more of the newer cameras now. Yeah, and, and it's not aligned with just one brand. Um, everyone is switching over to it just kind of incrementally as they roll out new cameras. And it, it's 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 a nice format. I, I did not use it immediately when it was first available in in a camera and because there were some compatibility issues, but those have really um, dropped off, at least somewhat. For example, the Adobe software um, supports the HIF format just fine, and I think Capture One can 
read it and recognize right. it on one not quite yet um but probably soon so it's it's one of those things where um you would need to do some test shots and make sure that it worked with the uh, imaging software right. that you use but so, it does have some great advantages right. one of the things and i should just point out the first place i saw hif format was in my iphone mm -hmm. started you know as one of those things that just apple sometimes throws these things out do you want to use this format or do you want to use what they call more most compatible which is jpeg because jpeg literally is the most compatible format with anything um these days but the hif format which is what I have my camera set on act actually most of the time, uh, or my phone, I should say, my, my mm -hmm. iPhone, um, does have some some pretty cool options. And and the biggest thing I would say is that uh, it's 10-bit, right? Versus 8-bit for JPEG. Right. So that means you have your tone ramps are now not 256 tones, but 1,024, right? Right. So that's a huge jump. Um, where where it matters is if you're going to shoot with um, JPEGs in mind, and you'll be editing them, mm -hmm. and you're you want things like skies not to have weird banding on them. You can only push JPEGs so far, and you'll start seeing that weird gradation. Um, Ten bits helps quite a bit, so you can go just a bit further. But the other good thing is, despite being 10 bits, these are actually more com compact files. Yeah, like that's the interesting a, thing. Yeah, so I did a test with my um, Sony Alpha 1, because it supports HIFs. And I went from you know, a full-sized 50 megapixel JPEG being 10 megabytes down to a HIF that was 6 megabytes. Hey, so more bits and quite a bit smaller. That's a forty percent, yeah, know, savings. That's yeah, that's that's important. Um, yeah, and and uh, you know, like like I was saying, if you use it in your in your phone, you're going to be saving space potentially there too. Um, mm -hmm. that, that's that's a good thing. Now, there's a couple different flavors of this, but most most cameras just say you have this. If like I was reading the the manual for the Nikon Z8. And it just says you can mm -hmm. choose between either a JPEG or a HIF format for capture and different. And you have, again, different uh, quality levels, you know, fine or normal or whatever. Mm -hmm. But in your Sony, uh, in your Alpha One, different. right? Th there's a couple of different choices for this, right? Yeah, because my Fujis don't have that. It's just HIF or JPEG like you were just talking about. Um, with the Alpha One, I went in there because I, I was just basically flipping cameras over from JPEG to HIF since I decided HIF was plenty compatible and why not have the benefits if I ever um, need to shoot in that kind of a format. And it had two options, 420 and 422. And it, it's really just a quality thing with the 422 having a little bit better color info. They're both 10-bit. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think it's good. And I think if you're not aware of this format, whether or not your camera supports it yet, um, it's something to consider. Um, yeah. I know we shoot raw most of the time, but if you do want to have some JPEGs or in this case, HIFs that are not only a smaller file, but also better quality, why not just do that? But again, check your software if you're using 
not all software yet will necessarily open these files. So you just got to be careful, but it's, it's progressing. It's, it's moving now to the point where, you know, especially if you use like, um, um, Max, you know, Apple stuff, it'll read that format. No problem. I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, just even just the default preview application. It does. It so, does. So it should be. And, and one, you know, just one quick recommendation and then we'll move on to our next topic. Um, if you're a Fuji owner and you really like shooting JPEGs because of the film emulation and stuff, definitely consider switching over to the HIF format. Because if you're using those as your masters, it'll just give you a little bit more breathing room for editing. So to me, that becomes a no-brainer as long as your post-processing software supports it. Not a bad idea, if you ask me. Okay, yeah. so another thing that got announced just recently but is rolling out this week is the new iPhone 15. Uh, yet another iPhone. Um, there's pros, there's pluses, there's whatever. <laughs> so we wanted to talk about, you know, how how is it, you know, is, is it a kind of thing, you know, is it time to upgrade your phone? Um, or how do you even view your phone? Um, because, you know, one thing is true. You're going to get a new new phone from everybody, whether it's Apple or Samsung or whoever, or Google or whatever, they come out with new ones just about every year, right? I mean, this is a whole thing. And hardware upgrade cycles, um, when does it become a good time to, to upgrade or, or when is it a good time to hold off? And, and we realized just talking through this that while most of the time we actually have pretty similar philosophies and stuff, we were a little bit different in, in this area. And so we we thought we'd talk about those differences. Sure. So once you talk first about your feelings regarding phone upgrades and uh, right. the importance well, here, of cameras here, in them. Yeah. So, so here's the thing. It depends on how you view your phone. Okay. Um, because honestly, if you view your phone as a device to make phone calls and maybe do a Google search or a web browser or some mm -hmm. apps, your phone is fine in most cases, three plus years old, mm. other than the things that happen over time with phones, they age, you could, you know, damage them or the battery starts to, you know, all lithium batteries are prone to just losing some of their capacity over time. This is a normal thing. So as your phone gets older, it, it starts to maybe feel slower, but if that's all you're using, um, you know, the phone upgrades are more about hardware than they are about anything else because especially for iPhones, you know, in particular, which is where I have mm -hmm. more experience, obviously um, you can upgrade the OS in your phone for several years after you buy your phone, three, four, bef before your phone becomes incapable of running the latest operating system. Right. And, and I would think I, 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 you know, I don't know the numbers, but probably 90% or more of the features in your phone are driven by the OS. Mm -hmm. So every year you're going to get a refresh on your phone, whether you buy a new one or not. Mm -hmm. In fact, we both just upgraded to so iOS. Like you're arguing 17. my position for me. <laughs> no, but this is, this is absolutely valid. But I read an interesting review online. They were talking about the, you know, the various, you know, iPhones and they said, you know, once upon a time, your phone had a camera. This is true. Now mm -hmm. your camera has a phone with these newer 
the the phone is a camera and that's where things can start to diverge depending on how you look at it because if there's one thing that i've seen over the years is that there are functions that will be unavailable to you at a hardware level if you're serious quote you know Mm-hmm. And lo- like quotations, if you're serious about the photos that come out of your phone, because there's no way to upgrade the camera in your phone without buying a new phone. Right. Period. Okay. And some of the features, for example, that we like, because um, we talked about this once before, um, if you're a photographer, how do you view your phone? Is it a camera or is it a device to make text messages on if if the camera isn't important to you then you know there's good enough on the other hand let's take a look at what came out in the in the new um, iphones because you know i was looking at the features Mm -hmm. right so compared to the phone that we have right now which is the iphone 13 pro um the iphone 14 and the iphone 15 can shoot 40 megapixel images if you want, 48 megapixel images. Mm. In fact, the 15 goes so far as to use some computational tricks to deliver 24 megapixel images from from the cameras instead Mm -hmm. of 12. That could be good. You know, and and we were talking about the HEIF or the HIF format. You're going to get 10-bit files, which are kind of nice. The upgraded processors in these phones allow more of these computational operations to happen so things that you cannot do so one of the things i like to teach my classes always is with your phone is something silly like portrait mode a lot of people don't even know it exists <laughs> you know it's funny right portrait mode on an iphone 14 or earlier is a conscious decision you have to put your phone into portrait mode and according to apple and we'll see how this works there's enough processing horsepower right now in the iPhone 15 Pros, Pro and whatever the big one, the Pro Max, that will automatically detect faces and pets and create what's called the depth map mm-hmm. so that you can retroactively put your photos into portrait modes if you so choose. Right. That's kind of cool. If you're right. taking a lot of, you know, and if you're using your phone as a, I guess, again, a more serious camera, then it can be, you can start to value. The other thing that, and you know, the bigger thing is in the larger iPhone now, it's got a 5X zoom. It uses some prisms and stuff. and So you get the equivalent of a 120 millimeter lens. And if I think about the way I travel, you know, traditionally, you know, with a camera, mm-hmm. a 24 to 120 was my bread and butter lens for a really long time. Mm-hmm. I and mean, that's not even considering the fact that the the pro iPhones have that ultra wide lens too. I think well the pro I think all of them have the ultra wide now. It's the telephoto right. lens that you get by moving up to pro. Yeah. So so you know there's there are some things where you could make a compelling argument that when you go on a trip that's more casual, family, not going to be taking you know not a photo safari, you could do pretty darn well with one of these newer cameras. And I think the key difference just based on discussions is that would be all you would take mm-hmm. if in that's your what situation. You, right. If there was a situation like where that. you were going on a vacation 
if you had, I believe that if you have an iPhone Pro anything, okay, starting with the 12, mm-hmm. then you have some significant options that are available to you. It's not just the computational stuff, but the Pro model iPhones will also shoot RAW, DNG, which can be downloaded into Lightroom, and Lightroom works really well with those. Right. And 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 it and it applies the computations that that the camera would have, so you literally can have raw images in your Lightroom catalog next to your other photos, whether it's a combination of things or just sure just that trip, and you can edit them and you can fix the sharpening and you can generate some pretty good quality photos from from it. You can. The question would just be: Is that how you ever see yourself shooting? And and this is where my response would be. Jane, you ignorant slut. <laughs> right. <Who the laughs> Hopefully our listeners understand that reference. Right. <laughs> Any rate. Now, now for me, I I know all the rational reasons why an iPhone or or the other smartphones mm-hmm. can take very good pictures. And they can. And people have made remarkably good ones. There's there's no um, dif- difference of opinion there. For me, I do not enjoy doing photography with a phone mm-hmm. it's, it's a something i thing. do because i have no other choice mm-hmm. you know i and it's fine and it works and i've maybe we need to some, force you in kicking and screaming no 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 darn luddite i mean what? no 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 this, that's Rick, not what it is <laughs> i know how to use my phone i know how to put it in raw mode i've done all that stuff but if I'm going on a trip and stuff, I don't necessarily need to bring all sorts of cameras. I don't need to need to take big cameras. I don't need to take a wide range of focal lengths. I can be happy with my little Fuji X100V, which has a fixed 35 millimeter equivalent, and I'll enjoy shooting with that far more mm. than my cell phone, far more. Just a completely different thing for me. It's it's about the pleasure of shooting. Mm-hmm. And and I don't get that at all with a cell phone. I end up with some shots I can use. I can send to people Zippo on the pleasure. I don't well, even enjoy composing things on it. And I can't tell you why. One one thing I will say, and this mm-hmm. is where, where things, you know, and our listeners will probably understand. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has multiple camera systems, different form factors. Sure. Everybody has a phone. Mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, if you're in this, you know, it's 2023, you, you, mm-hmm. you own a phone. And mm-hmm. the question would be, should you update it or not? You know, and if the question is, if your phone is more than three years old, I think it's always a good idea to eventually, you know, because mm-hmm. it's going to just give you some, some benefits. If your phone is, you know, every year? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even consider upgrading every year. Two years, and then you have to start looking at features. So, for example, I can see some compelling features in this current iPhone Pro release um, that are are better than a 13. But you know, it's a hardware thing. It's not. It's not a need. It's just you know. However, if you do choose to get one of these phones, um, like an a, a you know, get a Pro or a Pro Max, whatever. Mm-hmm. You're going to have quite a powerful little camera that you can take with you. Oh yeah, and so it makes possible a situation where you can travel with just your phone, 
And it's not the same experience, but the image quality is getting quite good. And it's quite possible that you could be happy with your shots. I can still tell the difference between, I, I don't care what people say, oh, my phone is better. No, as soon as you start getting larger, you know, it's, no, you can tell it was shot with a phone. Yeah. But depending on what you intend to do with those photos, it might not matter. Right. And see, none of that matters to me. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. I mean, there's nothing. It's like, I know all that stuff. I don't enjoy shooting with them, really. So it's a, so it's we'll a thing I use when I have to. Mm-hmm. But if I, if I have another choice. Right. And well, I mean, I know photographers right now who are running iPhone-only workshops. I know. And I would say that, okay, that, that proves the point. You know, it's a proof of concept. And there was a segment of, of people out there. We're not who, talking know. about the same thing. You're right. talking about the image quality is just fine. And I'm saying, I know. Right. It is. I but have it's a phone. different I experience. But I, I wouldn't want to go to, I wouldn't go on a trip where photography was my intent and only use a phone. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't for right. a lot of reasons. Not, not the least of which is, you know, image quality is one, but also just that experience I want to set up. It's not that I couldn't go and photograph the Oregon coast with a phone. I could do that. Right. Right. It wouldn't be the same experience. And, um, and, and I'm sure I would like the photos generally speaking, but it wouldn't be the same, uh, experience that I get. On the other hand, if you're going on a Caribbean cruise somewhere, (laughs) you know, like we were talking about cruising last week or whenever it was, maybe the phone is all you want. Not for me, but but it just depends. You know, it depends on what you're doing. If you're going to the beach, if you're going swimming, if you're, you know, versus, you know, other kinds of things. Yeah. So I, I, I don't, th- there's no one right answer, but what no, I will isn't. say is that if you're serious into, you know, if you want to get the best image images from your iPhone and I won't speak mm-hmm. into that and you don't have a pro iPhone, that's something to consider upgrading to mm-hmm. at some point, because you're going to eventually get a new phone, <laughs> right? Right. Might not be tomorrow, might not be this year, but when you do, I think people who are somewhat serious about photography would be better off with an iPhone Pro or whatever than just the regular phone because it gives you more flexibility, more power. You can shoot in raw, all, all of those things. I agree. As a photographer, right? As a photographer, that's the phone that you would want to have. For everybody else, but, you can have an iPhone eight. It, it, hey, it's a yeah. it's an Apple mirrorless it, it camera. Just, as this, somebody said, I know. <laughs> to me, this is actually the same discussion that we were having on the new ZF cameras. I think for me, the shooting experience matters more than it does for you, which is fine. Completely I think context fine. matters, though. It it does. Yeah. You know, and there are times where I don't want to have a camera bag at all. I just want to put something in a pocket. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a Fuji X100 <laughs> or you know, I don't have those other cameras. So it's hard mm-hmm. for me to 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 say. Um anyway, but it 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 is it is a an interesting thought and um you know, it, you know, just going back to what's in the new the iPhones, you know, you get, you know, faster processor, better camera. Um and then 
you know, a lot of stuff is just through the OS and they've also added a USB-C port, which is a big departure um, because it's that universal plug, but it's also way faster data transfer. So yeah, you can copy those photos over to your computer more quickly now yeah. or whatever, but yeah, it's just a different, it's a different thing, but everybody's got one in their pocket. So if you do want to have the best camera experience, upgrading is a is a is a necessary thing over time if you're not concerned about that your phone's good for three to four years easily and if you want the even better camera experience get a camera there's there's <laughs> that you know that's true that's all all I'm right saying. that's all the time we have for this week i want to thank our supporters especially our new supporters who just joined who just signed up so um we see you we we, we appreciate your your uh, support and uh, we're going to have some more stuff and we're getting up into fall colors. We're going to have our workshop coming up here in a couple of weeks. So that'll be, you'll be hearing about that yeah. until and next we, time. And we do plan to do a bonus episode, you know, going through images from that too. Absolutely. From our phones. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, until next time, happy shooting. All right. Bye-bye.